John chapter 11 is where I want to be with you tonight. We're going to talk through kind of a familiar story. Um, and, and I have to start, though, with you with, with one of my own stories. This morning was the first time that my family has come to church as a family of five. All five of us, me and my wife and all three of my boys, um, were here at church this morning. We were about five minutes late because when you have three of them trying to get them to church, it's, it's a whole different ball game than when it's just two. Some of you know that. Some of you just trust me. Um, yesterday, we, we, we just, look, Judah finally got shots, and so we can take him out into the world, all right? Um, Lee was very excited about that. She said, hey, let's go somewhere. I'm like, Lee, it's supposed to rain all day. Uh, they're, they're like, it's just not a great day to go. I don't care. Let's go somewhere. Okay, where would you like to go? Um, and so John Henry said, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. Lee and I said, No. <sighs> Let's go somewhere different. Um, and so we landed on the zoo in Monroe. So we went over, we played at the zoo, we played at the splash pad. If you haven't been to the Monroe Zoo lately, the splash pad's worth it just to go over there, play in the water. Um, and so we, we all did that. And then we went to Cracker Barrel because we needed some you know, vegetables in our life. Um, and we walked in, we said, we need a table for five. It was awesome. Um, but one of the things that you need to know about my family um, is that when we sit down at a restaurant somewhere, there has to be some sort of entertainment that happens. If we just sit there with our three boys, even though one of them sleeps a whole lot right now, the other two uh, will disturb the whole rest of the restaurant unless there's something happening for them. So we like to play games together. One of our favorite games to play is to guess something. Sometimes we play guess the animal. Uh, my favorite, though, is guess that person. It's, it's my favorite. What we do is we think of someone. I'll think of someone in my head, and then John Henry um, and Lee usually will ask questions. They can ask yes or no questions, and they will try to guess who it is that I'm thinking of. And so it works kind of like this where I'll have someone, and John Henry will say, is it a boy? I'm like, that's a wonderful question. Like, knocks out half the people. Yes, it is a boy. Like, and Lee will say, are, are they in our family? No, they're not in our family. I'm like, okay, well, do, they, do they go to our church? Yes, they do go to our church. And John Henry will say, like, well, um, do, are, are they a kid? I'm like, no, it's an adult, an adult man. Is it the daddy of someone that I know? Yes, it is the daddy of someone I know. And they'll, they'll go through and, they'll like, do they teach Sunday school? And are they part of the youth ministry? And, you know, like, are they very tall? Are they very short? Yes, they are. They're, they're actually rather short. Um, and John Henry would say, like, is it Dr. Reggie? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes it is. Um, and so we'll, we'll go through this process to where we finally guess who it was that I was thinking of. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, but tonight I want you to imagine with me um, that, it, that you and I are going to play this game together tonight. But instead of, of, of the outward characteristics that you and I would usually use to describe someone, what if we played it with um, more of the inward characteristics? What if I told you this? What if I were to tell you that I'm, I'm thinking of someone that has a very close, unique relationship with Jesus Christ. That's who I'm thinking of. Who would you think it is? Do you think it's you? Do you know that it's not you? <laughs> That's the kind of game I want to play with you a little bit tonight as we kind of read through John chapter 11. Um, so I'm not going to let you ask questions. We're just going to read together, all right? Um, John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Ready? It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. 
It was, Martha, uh, it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, uh, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. When they send to Jesus, they tell him that, hey, the one that you love is ill. They don't give him a name. They don't give him anything else. They just say, he whom you love is ill. And Jesus, partly because it's Jesus and he's all-knowing anyway, right? But, but he does, he, he knows who they're talking about. Which would tell us, at least by the, I don't know, the outward appearance, that Jesus would have a special relationship with this person, with Lazarus. That if Lazarus is known as the one whom Jesus loves, and it is distinguishable amongst everybody else, that they would have some sort of special relationship. Now, I stand before you tonight, and I firmly believe that Jesus loves each one of us the same. I think he loves us unconditionally the same. But I don't think you and I love Jesus the same. I think that there are people that don't love Jesus at all, even though he loves them. I think there are people that love Jesus in a very immature love. It's love, and they may have a relationship but that relationship may need to grow. I think there are some people that have loved Jesus for a very long time. And they have a wonderful, wonderful, rich relationship with Jesus. I think there's some people that maybe haven't known Jesus all that long, but their relationship with him is still something very, very special. You and I, when we can think probably through your life, and if you were to name and to say, this is someone I know, that, that maybe even you're a little bit jealous of their relationship with Jesus. Now, it's not because God loves them more. It's because they just have something different. Maybe it's something they do. Maybe it's something they've been through. Maybe it's their, their, their time with God. Maybe it's the way that they maintain that relationship. They work on that relationship. All sorts of things factor into that. But you can think of someone, and they, they, they have a relationship with God that is special. As much as I, I love to make fun of our pastor um, and, and pretty much everyone on our staff, um, I love the staff that I get to work with here at Temple. Absolutely love it. Because I know from my time with them that each and every one of them have a very special relationship with Jesus Christ. I think each one of them has something a little bit even different. Because Casey is different than Dale. And Dale is glad. Um, <laughs> but God loves each one of us and we each bring our own personality to the relationship but for every one of them I love knowing and sometimes even being a little bit jealous of what they have with God so we get this introduction here to these people Mary is the one who we're told is the one who anointed Jesus' feet with perfume wiped, her, wiped um, his feet with her hair um, that in and of itself and that act that is going to live on for, for eternity um, that, that's something special. Martha, we go back with her. She, I love her character. Um, the way that she's described in God's word, she's the same one that was, was telling Jesus. Jesus goes and visits their house, and, and, and Mary's there sitting at his feet, and Martha's kind of all busy working and, and, and doing the, the things about the house, and she's like, Jesus, tell her to help me. And Jesus is like, no, that's okay. She's doing what she needs to do. Uh, it's, it's that Martha, but, but that also lets you and I know that, that Jesus has been with these people before. 
right? Jesus has traveled through Bethany, which is a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem. He, Jesus is traveling. He's going all over the place, right? And so he would, he would frequently kind of go through this town. And there's places that you and I go that when we go there, we know that there are certain people we're going to stop and see. I know that if I go to Brandon, Mississippi, where we spent about eight years, there are people there. Well, there's one person very particular who was the best man at my wedding that happens to live there that I'm going to stop and see. And there's people, if I go to New Orleans, that there are people there that I'm going to stop and see. If I go to Alexandria, there are people that I'm going to stop and see. They're my in-laws. They don't really want to see me. They just want to see the grand boys. Um, but we have to stop there, right? If there are people in Jasper, Texas, which are, are my family, I, I'm going. there are people that you know that you have a unique relationship with. That if you're going through somewhere, you're going to stop by and see them. That's the kind of relationship that we know so far that these people, that this family has with Jesus. It is something special. Verses kind of 5 through 16, we get this wonderful picture of the disciples. We get this wonderful idea where Jesus has a special relationship with people. And then we get this story where Jesus is, is... talking and working with the disciples. The disciples really don't understand what's going on. And it even says here that Jesus has to tell them plainly that Lazarus has died. Um, and then we get Thomas who comes in and he's like, well, Jesus is going back to, to Bethany. And like, they tried to kill him there last time. It's really close to Jerusalem and, and like he's going to die. But well, might as well go with him, right? And we get this picture of these guys who've traveled with Jesus for a long time. And my impression from these little verses there are just that Maybe they don't quite get it all the way yet. Their relationship maybe is wonderful, but it could use a little bit of work as well. They don't quite understand all the things that they eventually will understand. Maybe we find ourselves there as well, but we, we kind of get there. And Thomas is like, all right, well, Jesus is going to, to, back to Bethany, so let's go with him. We catch back up, verse 17, you ready? Verse 17 says, now when Jesus came, he's, he's going back to, to find his friend Lazarus, right? Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. He very, very much, he is gone, all right? Now, there was a certain belief at the time that, 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 that the spirit of someone would kind of hang around for, for, you know, two or three days, for about three days, and then, but after three days, like, like really, all hope was gone kind of a deal. And so four days just lets you and I know that, like, he... He's re- really, he's really dead. All right? So we get there. Um, and then it's uh, verse 18. You ready? Um, it says, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who's coming into the world. Martha's relationship with Jesus is something a little bit unique. We find them in the house and they're in mourning and she hears that Jesus is coming and she just gets up and leaves. She's like, I, you people, whatever, I'm going, right? Jesus is coming. She gets to Jesus 
And I don't, again, I love the, the kind of character that we see with Martha because she gets to Jesus and just, she just kind of says, Jesus, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. It just, there's something special there because she talks to him very plainly, right? She talks to him in a way that, that you and I would not naturally think of, of someone talking to Jesus. Many of the times, it's, 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 we find people falling down at his feet, and we find people in worship, and we find all of these things. But Martha just kind of skips on past that, and she's like, hey, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Sometimes I think God can handle our honesty. In fact, I know that he can. I think you and I can be extremely honest with God. In the very hard times of life, I think God is very much ready to handle our honesty with him. And that's what Martha does. She's like, I'm not going to like fluff this up any, in any way. I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking that if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But you know what? Yeah. Hey, who knows what's next, right? And she begins to kind of go through this, this conversation with Jesus. And Jesus tells her, and he says, hey, you know that your brother is going to rise again. Now, at this point, Jesus has already like, brought people back to life from the dead. My first thought, if I were Martha, would be, oh, that was your plan. Okay, well, let's go do it. Like, let, let's, let's bring him back to life. But instead, what she tells him is, I know that he's going to rise again on the last day. I know about the resurrection. Until this point, you and I, we don't get a whole lot of Jesus teaching about the resurrection that's going to happen. We know simply by her answer to that, that she sat with Jesus and heard him teach and that she's paid attention. And the way, her relationship with Jesus is, is she probably gets a whole lot more than what we even see that the disciples are getting. And we don't have any of them talking this way. It's just her. We know, whatever it is that she is, what she has with Jesus is definitely something special. And she's answering him in, in ways. And he, said, he goes on, he tells her about how he's the resurrection and the life. And, and then that everyone who believes is going to live. And she says, and he asks her, do you believe this? And she says, yes. Of course I believe that. I believe that you're the son of God, that you're the Christ. That you're the Messiah that we've been waiting for. That you're the one who's coming into the world. We get this confession of who Jesus Christ is. Probably one of the best confessions of who Jesus Christ is in all the gospels. And it comes from this lady. What they have... It's unique. It is something very special. We tell that by their interaction. Then we get to verse 18. You ready? Um, we get verse 18. It says, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. Sorry, 19. Many of the Jews came to console them. When they heard Jesus was coming, she went out to Bethany. But Mary, she remained seated in the house. So, so Mary, she's still there. Skip down to verse 28. You ready? It says, when he had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with Mary in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. And when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved within his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. 
So the Jews said, see how he loved him. Some of them said, cannot he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? We get this part with, with Mary. Let's we'll focus on her for a second. Mary comes out, and in my mind, Martha has this very, she's just one of those people you never have to worry about what she's thinking kind of a lady. You know, she's just going to go ahead and tell you what, what it is that she's thinking. I just kind of get that picture of her in my head. Mary, I get a, a little bit different picture. This, this may be a little bit the sweeter almost picture. Um, and she comes and she, she hears that Jesus is asking for her. So again, she gets up and leaves what she's doing. She's like, if Jesus wants me, then, then even the morning over my brother, I'll, I'll go and be with Jesus. And when she gets there, she says, Lord, the same exact thing. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But for some reason in my head, in, in my imagination, the way that my mind works, I just don't picture this as, as much of a brash, straightforward, hey, if, you, if you'd have been here, kind of a statement. We find her weeping. We find her falling down at Jesus' feet. And it, to me, it's, it's a more sorrowful, just, but yet still recognizing who Jesus is. And Jesus, as he's there with her, it talks about how he is disturbed, how he is very empathetic to what she is feeling. Even to the point where we get this idea, where that wonderful verse that hopefully you all have memorized, because it's the shortest one in the Bible, where Jesus wept. I love knowing that I have a God and Savior who empathizes with me and my feelings. Even when he knows what's going to happen, when he knows the end story and all of his sovereignty and all of his knowledge and all of his foreknowledge and knowing what's going to... I believe Jesus went there to raise Lazarus from the dead and knew that it was going to happen. There's no reason for Jesus to be there crying over Lazarus' death. I don't think that's what's going on here. I think it is him and his empathy and his feelings for the people that he loves. I love knowing that, that we have a Savior, that we have a, a God Almighty who still identifies with us in our feelings, in our lowest of lows and our highest of highs, that God identifies with our feelings and is there to be with us during those, those, those low times, the high times, and everything in between. I love it. Mary comes and she says, all of these things, right? She falls at his feet, calling him Lord. Jesus, moved by all of this, is, is weeping. And then we have verse 36. Says, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. Now, they, then in their minds, they're just thinking he and Lazarus were really close friends, which they were. We kind of get that picture. But that's what they're thinking. They're thinking he had a special relationship with Lazarus which he probably did. I love that picture. I love the, the idea that you and I can have a special relationship with Jesus. I love that my relationship with Jesus does not have to be your relationship with Jesus. I love that your relationship with Jesus does not have to be my relationship with Jesus. I love that, that our relationship can be uniquely special. I like that God designs things that way. However, what I'm fearful of is that there are some Christians who have a relationship with Jesus that is not so special. That it is ordinary, that it is expected. You and I, as we look around the world around us today, and if you were and I to describe the typical Christian relationship with God, 
It would not be this. In my opinion, there are people who even call themselves Christians, probably many, who may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ at all. There's not very much special about that. They may know about God in their head. They may know facts about God. They may know about the Bible. They know, may know about the culture of Christianity. But they don't have a relationship with Jesus. I think there's some people who have had a relationship with Jesus for quite some time, but it just hasn't changed. It's been the same relationship for a very, very long time. For you tonight, as we play our game of I spy or I'm thinking of someone who has a special relationship with Jesus, is it you? Are you the person that someone would think of? If not, here's the good part. As much as God loves us all the same, God leaves a little bit up to us on that relationship. The maintenance for that, the care for that relationship, what we do in that relationship. Relationships take work. Many of you know that because you're sitting beside the work. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work. Are we working on that relationship with Jesus? We were reminded this morning the holiness of God from Isaiah chapter 6. When you and I think about the holiness of God and that we can have a personal relationship with that God, we should be driven to do absolutely anything within our power to have as special a relationship with him as possible. So maybe if you don't feel like your relationship is as special as it should be, well, what are you doing? What are you doing different? If you've been a Christian for 20 years, what are you doing different now than 20 years ago? If you've been a Christian for three months, what are you doing now that's different than three months ago? What are you doing more of? What, are you, what, what, what is developing in your relationship with Christ? I would venture to say that whatever it is that, that, that you need work on, if you were to spend at least five seconds asking God, saying, God, what can I do different in our relationship? What can I do more in our relationship? How could I make our relationship better? What do I need to get rid of? What do I need to start? I believe you and I have a God that would tell you. <laughs> thinking of someone who has a special relationship with God. Could it be you? Let's pray together. Father God, I love you. God, I pray that I love you more today than I did yesterday. Today than I did Father, as a 16-year-old boy asking you to be my savior. God, I pray that our relationship is, is better now than it ever has been. Father, I pray the same for the people that are in this room. That their relationship with you is something that they would count as special. That it would be something that would make even other Christians Father, acknowledge and respect and, Father, maybe even be a little bit jealous of. Father, I pray that we would be a people, that we would be a church that would be doing the things that you are calling us to do. You'd find us obedient, that you would find us with soft hearts, that you would find us, Father, usable, that you would find us, Father, excited to be in a relationship with you, that you would find us working on our relationship with you and maintaining, Father, the, the things that you've already taught us and seeking more 
God, that, that, that when people would see us, that they would think back. And Father, much like in, in Acts 4, 13, where, where these people, that they, they saw James and John. They, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. God, I pray that that's what people recognize about us, that we are spending time with you, that we are spending time falling in love with you. Father, for anyone who is here tonight that does not know you as Savior, Father, I pray that right now would be that time. That they would recognize their need for you. Father, how nothing else can fill that need besides you. How special it is to be in a relationship with you. Because that relationship is for all of eternity. Father, for the many others of us who, who know you as Savior, God, I pray that tonight would just be encouragement and maybe challenge, Father, to know you more. Father, there, there is no ceasing on your part to love us, Father, to invite us deeper into relationship with you. Father, I pray there would be no ceasing on our part as well, that we would love you more. Father, as we have a time of invitation, I pray that you would move and that you would do what it is that you want to do during this time. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.